Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat, cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to The Leo Effect. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest. I'm super excited to talk to this gentleman. He's done a lot of good stuff, and he was actually a pretty predominant figure in one of the animes that I'm watching right now. I'm like really invested in for some reason. I'm not entirely sure. So I would like to introduce to you Mr. Derek Snow. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm fantastic. How are you doing? <laughs> I am just phenomenal right now. I'm on cloud nine. Uh, so I kind of alluded to it when I first led into this, but uh, you know, maybe in your own words, can you let the listeners know maybe what you feel you might be most known for or some of the more notable things that you've done? Well, uh, lately, the, the big one is uh, Shinra Kusakabe on Fire Force. Uh, that's been a whole lot of fun. Once that started hitting on uh, uh, Toonami, things kind of exploded. But before that, uh, and, and after that, I've been doing some fun stuff with uh, My Hero Academia, mm -hmm. with the Shie Daikai, with the bad boys. Uh, <laughs> I was mimicked the precious little thing until he became a giant building. Right. And then before that, yeah, some of the other stuff like Dragon Ball Super, uh, Rogue, uh, from the ninth universe. That was probably, you know, a nice little a nice little happy thing that happened just before Fire Force kicked in. So it's been going great this last year. Right. And where in all of that did the part of Rill come in? Oh, Rill Boimortier from uh, Black Clover now. Uh, so the ADR director on that, I've worked with him on a couple of things, Chris George. He's such a cool dude. Uh, he kind of thought of me for that role. And, uh, I, I have sometimes when I get very excited, my voice gets pretty high and he just, <laughs> he's just like, dude, you just got to do this. And that's, that's Chris. And so I, you know, I brought up my voice to this high little happy place. And, uh, I myself am actually a painter. So, um, when I see that art and, you know, the picture magic that real gets to throw around, it was very, uh, it's like the good kind of therapy in a booth. Yeah. Uh, you know, particularly when he introduced, you know, gets the introduction, uh, you know, uh, not too long ago. And, uh, yeah, I, I have a whole lot of fun with real Real's one of my, uh, one of my good boys. <laughs> I, I really <laughs> enjoyed that character. I actually just watched, uh, the episode last night, uh, where oh, they, yeah. 
they discovered some stuff and he got to use his paint magic for the first time that I saw. I was like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. Yeah, he's got incredible power. I love, like, as, you know, along that storyline, they introduce him, you know, to his backstory where, uh, you know, he creates and he gets frustrated and destroys, like, the mansion and his butler, and they have this really sweet moment. So he's a super emo kid when he, when his art doesn't go right. But they don't... <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's super powered. He's great. And then later on, some fun stuff happens. I don't know how, how far into black clover you are but uh, i'm yeah, only about halfway so <laughs> yeah he's a really fun character there i mean there are a lot of episodes and uh it's a fun ride that just keeps going and going yeah and i'm happy to hop on with them <laughs> yeah and in, in which for the listeners that may or may not know rill is a captain he's a squad captain which means they're typically more power like a higher power than the rest of the squad so you can imagine the the level of magic that would come out of this small child almost and you just it, it's overwhelming it's kind of crazy it's incredible there's some there's some incredible battles that real gets to do uh you know around that series that part of the episodes and uh whew, yeah he's <laughs> how over how powerful can he be he can be really powerful with that that picture magic yeah and uh yeah later on you know some other possibilities happen and yeah he's, he's great he's i love his storyline i'm a big fan of real and <laughs> real's been very good to me too i like yeah he's he's a good boy that's so awesome so what made you decide to pursue a career in voice acting in the first place well so um my little path my hip hopping jumping into the voiceover world is is uh I started in um, commercial work, and then I moved into musical theater. Uh, so I kind of traveled around when I was uh, living in Los Angeles, and uh, I was doing a, a, a beautiful musical theater. But I was still – my very first voiceover thing was way back in 1999 when uh, I did a sound-alike for a, uh, a mod for Half-Life. And then it got released uh, with Counter-Strike back in the 1.6 days. And and then I totally got out of voice work for a while. So, like, I really loved it. I love the whole spectrum that acting allows. Uh, and when my wife and I, my future wife and I, decided to move into the area of Texas, I had a lot of friends that worked in um, anime. And I really put that on my radar. So I started putting my feelers out as soon as I got here. I, I love the idea of uh, doing uh, anime and cartooning and, and uh, creating characters behind uh, the microphone. I, I worked in radio and I did like, you know, commercials and it's pretty thankless. It pays well, but it's, yeah, it's, it doesn't bring that sweet, sweet fame that anime does. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And yeah, it was like, a, it was kind of a slow start, um, but I, I believed, I believed in myself and I kept training and I kept doing other types of acting. I mean, you know, acting behind a microphone is still acting. Uh, so I, I did a lot of training in different uh, in different avenues that that kind of magically led me into uh, the anime world. I was very lucky. My very first audition that I had with Funimation, when I I managed to to book an audition through them, I, I managed to actually book it like right off the bat, and I was pretty cocky about that. <laughs> uh, but it was for a DVD. Uh, only release and it didn't get released for like a year after that and uh, that was uh, a, an anime called no Reen, 
Um, you know, not, not a big thing. It was cool. It was great. And, but yeah, as soon as I recorded it, nothing happen for a year. (laughs) (laughs) I know anybody still, you know, I booked that one thing. And so, uh, I started doing, what do they call it? Walla sessions. And just, you know, I kind of consider that it's a lot of fun because you get to work with all kinds of directors. You don't get to work with some of the actors that sometimes are, you know, the bigger names that they, you know, they're just kind of off and we all smash into a booth and we do funny voices. And, and then occasionally you get a one-off line and you get to know those directors and then you can audition for them. And uh, yeah, one thing led to another and I worked, uh, yeah, just kept kind of booking the smaller stuff. Uh, and yeah, uh, I started working with, uh, like I said, Chris, that was on Black Clover. I'd, I'd worked with him on, oh, Oh, some other great shows that my brain can't think of right now. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, just being able to create that, it has been a lot of fun. But it's been like a, a very, like the last year and a half has been explosive for the four and a half years that I've been doing it. <laughs> wow. Oh, geez. And did you have any inspiration? Was there something that you saw that was like, you know, I want to get into radio or I want to get into voice acting in general? Well, my dad was actually a drama teacher, uh, I want to say, at uh, Southwest Missouri State University. And uh, while by the time I became, you know, a teenager, he had already gotten out of that. But uh, there was this, you know, just kind of general light push into that direction. It wasn't until high school that I started getting into plays uh, I had a miraculous, just a random audition that led to like a national commercial back when I was a little, like I was a, a short kid in high school. My freshman year, I think I was like four foot 11. I've grown. I'm five, five now, much taller. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Huge. I live on Apple boxes. I'm like the Tom Cruise of the anime world. That's oh, cool. there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, and then I kind of got out of it. And then, I don't know, just one thing led to another. And I got back into theater where I was living. I did that for you know, like two years, or maybe a year and a half. I was working in television, though, at the time. And they were always looking for, you know, people to do voiceover stuff. And at some point, I just kind of auditioned to myself for the, you know, for some of the producers. And, I, and it just, it, it came so naturally to me just, you know, for that kind of stuff. And I blame my dad. He always had this really nice low cadence <laughs> that I generally don't have. But that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he kind of inspired. Like in a way, he kind of inspired me, and I didn't even realize it until years later. But it all it all kind of makes sense now. That's yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I would say you had quite a bit of support there then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know when I first started getting into acting in earnest, that was about I was like twenty one in the year two thousand. And, um, yeah, mostly commercial, a little bit of film during that time. And I started taking a lot of classes, uh, auditioning material, how to, you know, work on, uh, context and understanding that kind of thing. And, uh, some, imp- a lot of improv classes that were keeping me on my toes and coming up with different characters at that time. And then, um, getting into musical theater, like really big, awesome tours, with some really great shows just kind of helped me like think, wow, you know, I've got to work really hard to be like these amazing, like the, the headliners on, on the show. And that was a, a good inspiration to get out of my little pond, you know, my big fish, you know, it's, it was, it was good. And then when I got into this market, I don't know, I, I got, I had gotten so used to trying so hard 
and improv, you know, my improvisational skills and then voice, you know, voice, voicing skills for different characters on stage really translated pretty well to, to, uh, anime voiceover, thankfully. Right. Right. <laughs> and you know, that kind of leads me to my next question for you would be like, how do you come up with your voices? Oh, you should, uh, you should hear me in the mornings. My wife is always, she's like, ugh, Derek, <laughs> you know, there's those kind of people like, like Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire, where you're just kind of walking around, just creating characters for everything. Right. I can't right. help myself. And just constantly I'm doing that. And uh, nowadays, you know, it's as an actor, a voice actor, particularly, I have a couple of agents now and um, like I have these different kinds of reels and I'm always working on trying to, you know, improve or create new character for the reel. And so, you know, if my wife gets mad at me, I can just say, no, but it's, it's for work. It's good. I can. I can be crazy right now. <laughs> there you go. I like so, yeah, it. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, thanks, thanks to my improv. I don't know. It's just like this stream of conscious where I just can't help myself. I can't stop. If I hear somebody's accent or if I hear an interesting voice, I, I mimic it uh, for better or worse. And then <laughs> I steal it and then slightly, you know, retool it so I can, I can make it my own. I mean, but it's easy to be inspired by, you know, some of, you know, Mel Blanc and, you know, those, those classic cartoon, uh, voiceover people of the fifties and sixties. Mm -hmm. I love that kind of stuff. Um, I've always wanted to, yeah. When, when I was a little kid, I was creating just little recordings of myself being, you know, a dozen different characters. Somehow I managed to get paid for it now. There you go. The, the American tree. <laughs> and, and yeah, that was going to be another question that I had for you was, you know, when you're, like, is there a particular style that comes more naturally to you, or is there one that you prefer to do over the others? Well, you know, particularly with the directors of Funimation, because each director kind of does their own thing, and they cast individually in general. Yeah, Sometimes it's a little different. But I, I find that some directors, you know, when I when I have riffed in particularly, like, uh, my more crazy voiceover territory, like, like mimic from my hero uh at, at some point when i was doing some other character it just it dips into that much lower gravelier territory and I, and I tend to get cast all the time on that side but then on the other side there's no middle spectrum for me they tend i can't i tend to get booked way up on high on my my much higher <laughs> range you know that suddenly everything's real or or right now i'm doing um smile down the runway with uh, cliff clifford uh, uh that's a great show that's going on right it's like a, you know a, kind of a an underground show that's not on funimation but or rather not on toonami but it's a great thing that i'm working on right now oh okay cool uh, yeah so yeah there, there's always little projects that happen they may not be like woo, you know the big bright lights of fame <laughs> but each role like particularly when you know th this is a lead role on that one in we're in between fire force right now Mm -hmm. So it's a great chance for me to, yeah, just keep doing character development and play around with tone and range because just, you know, when I wake up, I tend to be in bear mode. My voice is much lower, oh, but then okay. you know, the more I stretch it, I can, I can get real, real high up there, which is great because there's a lot of like middle schoolers and high schoolers in Funimation <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and stuff, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> which is yeah, very good to me. I'm glad I I'm, I'm glad I can hit those highs. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're doing, very fortunate. Doing musical theater, 
yeah, doing musical theater, uh, be, having to stretch my musical range, you know, is higher and higher and higher. Because when I when I started in, I did a show, uh, Peter Pan, with uh, the gymnast Kathy Rigby from the, you know, like she's big deal back in the you know, like seventies and eighties, and she she basically like did this never ending tour of Peter Pan, which was awesome. And I kind of hopped on for a couple of years doing that. And uh, that was like baritone, you know, my lowest, you know, slimiest, shmi, you know, pirate kind of thing. Yeah. That was just down here the entire time, <laughs> just for for years. And then as I got into other musicals, there's this great uh, one called Urine Town, which is more tenor, which is – and then I started to, you know, stretch my voice higher and higher and higher. And then um, – so now I have just kind of two different worlds where I can enter into, which is – it's awesome. I'm very, very grateful to have that wacky flexibility. Like there's, I don't know, uh, one of my favorite dudes, uh, Brian Massey, he does a lot of voice voiceover stuff. He's in, he's just in everything. Uh, you'll, you'll hear him. He, he's got a very memorable gravel. I worked on him on a, on a film before I started doing Funimation. He was one of the guys that kind of inspired me to kind of pick up the market because he's just such a cool dude. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but like he's got this gravel – he can go a little high and a little low, but he's known for his voice. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not exactly, I don't know. I don't know if I'm exactly known for my voice yet. Cause you know, I, I, I tend to love doing crazy ranges. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's hard to actually pinpoint your voice, but you can hear your own voice, right? Oh yeah. So, yeah. It's, so... it, it, you know, it's, it's funny when I'm doing my voices and, you know, suddenly I'm playing it just for, you know, for fun with, for example, my wife, she says, yeah, I just, it just sounds like you, whatever you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so is it strange to you both to, to see a character on TV that you voice? It's, uh, yeah, it's surreal, uh, to hear, you know, especially if I'm, I don't know, there's sometimes when I'm just kind of flipping through or, uh, playing some anime that I totally forgot that, you know, I've, I've worked on. Cause at this point I've done, you know, hundreds of shows, which has been awesome, but yeah, I was like, Oh wait, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> How silly. Or, uh, yeah, things like my hero academia have been, have been pretty good to me because, you know, I'm the, the young, the young hip people a lot of kids tend to watch that these days so that's kind of like my hey guys have you ever heard of my hero and they're like yeah well i'm this guy and then they kind of their minds get blown for a second you're right <laughs> that, and that kind of brings me to uh, another another point is you know talking about fans and having their minds blown you've you've been doing conventions i'm working yeah so i've, I've done a couple of like just kind of show up uh, last minute kind of thing but i have booked I have started working with uh, some convention booking agents, which have been very helpful for me to get, you know, out of my, like I've done local stuff. And when I happen to be on the road, you know, if I happen to hit up a convention, um, they're called uh, Conventions ETC. And uh, so they, they started working with me at the beginning of the year, basically starting to book stuff. And uh, I've already confirmed, um, this is a little bit down the road, uh, SAC Anime in September. And then there's a possible one in Chicago. Uh, I'm not sure that's 100% been announced yet, and that'll be in May. We'll we'll see about that one. And and these things, as as the convention season gets going, I'm going to start to get a lot of uh, inserts and just just flying around meeting all my fans, which is 
really one of the cool things that I have been looking forward to in the last year. It's kind of a slow start because, you know, conventions book so far in advance and right. uh, contracts are always tricky and, you know, just making sure everything's laid down 100 percent. But, yeah, I've got some stuff that are 100 percent and a lot of stuff that are like 95 percent. But a whole <laughs> lot more is going to happen this year. And the easy way you know, it, it's a it's a wild world getting conventions booked. Um, you know, if people find me on Twitter, like right at the top, basically, if people make requests to the conventions, it's like magic. The conventions get back in touch with me. Oh, it's okay. crazy. And then, and then, and then I get to see them. It's, 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 it's surreal. That's cool. And the, yeah. the local ones you've done, like, did you go as a specific, like, Oh, I'm here because I was in my hero. Or was <laughs> it like, I'm here because I'm a voiceover guy. Well, I think at the time, what was it for? I think it was that time I got reincarnated as a slime because I'm a character rigger. They were doing a, a a little thing for that, and I popped up for that. Oh, okay. And uh, actually, I am going to be at Acon here in Dallas uh, in two weeks doing a panel on uh, – it just popped back into my head – doing a panel on uh, the process, yeah, of, of the business behind voiceover stuff. Oh, so, cool. uh there will be a panel for that. Yeah. And Akon, I think that's, I want to say that's the, uh, 18th, something like that. People have calendars. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. what advice would you give to somebody that's just starting out in the voiceover world, be it anime or radio uh -huh. commercials? Just what would be your advice to them in general? Well, like I say, uh, Anime acting is the same as acting. Any kind of like sincere, intense, professional caliber acting will get you to a place where you have the capabilities of being a you know a, a great actor in other worlds, including voiceover, including anime. So what I always say, if you, if you've never gotten into acting before, get into a play, get into some local theater near you, because that will allow you to understand simple concepts like how to use your diaphragm, how to speak out, because even though you're in a booth, there's a, I mean, in anime, there's a lot of screaming and you're doing <laughs> yeah. a lot of breath and lung support and, you know, vocal cord support. And so uh, concepts like warming up and things like that are very important, even, in, you know, especially, you know, behind the booth, uh, getting into any kind of theater is just a great start. Um, there are plenty of roving workshops around the bigger cities where you can kind of get an introduction to uh, if somebody's doing a voiceover workshop. I love workshops. You can't get enough knowledge. Right. Uh, and sometimes with those workshops, if you get a chance to work with, like, say, a casting director or somebody that works, you know, particularly on a show, they can kind of give you some tips on how to mistakes that you might be making in the booth. Because there's a lot of assumptions that you get, like, I'm just going to get in there and start, you know, screaming. Well, you've got to be able to read really quickly. I mean, that's a simple thing. But, you know, being able to I, per, I personally, I learned how to speed read when I was a teen. And, man, it was super helpful because you can see <laughs> those big chunks of crazy words that are coming up. And uh, what else? Um, as you get more into it, the thing that just catapulted uh from nothing to 60 was getting uh, some demos. Uh, oh, okay. There's some great demo workshops that can get you going. There are places that will help you provide a demo, but if you don't know how to act, 
you know, it's going to be flat. So there's like this step process, you know, uh, figure out how to do not just act, but, you know, how to uh, do context and be a reasonable person. And then you can start to create cartoon voices, but you got to make them, you know, believable. And then with that demo, you can show your different styles of your voice. And then that demo does a lot of work for you because uh, you can present it to agents. You can present it to uh, uh, production companies, for example, like Funimation, which is what I did when I when I got into the market. I, I had several demos and I, I sent it. I sent some other packages. Um, that's, that didn't 100 percent guarantee that I got anything, but it opened up dialogue to get an audition. Um, and that was very helpful. Uh, yeah, demos are just, yeah, everybody needs a demo. If you're going to do be a professional voice actor, you got to get a demo because it, it just, it's, it started working for me. And, and even outside of anime, I started doing other cartoons and stuff like that. Uh, always work on stuff. Always try to improve those demos. If you've got one, just keep making it better. Um, nice. if you record from home, uh, don't spend a billion dollars, get going, just, just do what you can. And if you start booking, then you can pay for stuff. Cause if you, if you wait, if you wait until it's perfect, it's never going to happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. That's like, well, so I, I prepared a professional demo in a professional studio, but when I started doing auditions, I had a smaller microphone and I would just record wherever it's better to be able to do an audition anywhere than not have one at all. So I, you know, that's, I, I also recommend just keeping a, I have a little condenser mic on me, but yeah, that, just whatever you can. Just be prepared to audition all the time and then just be available. You got to be available if you want to do stuff. If you want to be an actor, you got to find availability. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's and there's some... more, but that's, that's a good start. <laughs> yeah. And that's some fantastic advice. Yeah. It really is. Um, would you like to take a moment to uh, let the listeners know, you know, what social medias you might be on and where to follow you? Sure. Yeah. So uh, I wish I had the exact same social media account on everything, but. Twitter is probably my most uh, accessible one, and that's just at Snow Eyes. Okay. Uh, and then on Instagram, I'm at Studio Sound, and uh, I think I'm on Facebook, but I never get on there. And then my <laughs> website is just like at, just like my Twitter handle, Snow Eyes, SnowEyes.com. Okay. And you can see stuff and watch a couple of things, and uh, yeah. Fire Force is coming back for a season two. We're going to start recording again sooner than one thinks. There's some really great promotional stuff coming up for that. Uh, Black Clover is still going strong. Great stuff there. Uh, my hero, uh, my poor little character's in prison. So we'll <laughs> see. He's not dead technically. Uh, and there's lots of other great anime that's happening and uh, more shows coming up. Uh, like I said, Smile Down the Runway is uh still going strong um i i basically i record a couple of different shows every week there's also another one um uh-oh uh <laughs> oh boy oh radiant that's a really beautiful little show that i'm working you know, just this tiny little character but i love him he's a little creature called mr boobry nice and uh yeah, life's good. Just keep going. It doesn't matter what role you get, big or small. Just, just loving it. I'm loving what I'm doing. Great, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to me and the listeners, and you know, letting us have a little glimpse into your career and how this whole thing started for you. It's you're a really great guest. That was amazing. 
I thank you. Thank you so much. It's been it's been good. I can't wait to listen to it and forward all my people to listen to this fun podcast. Everybody, else, I've seen some of the or listened to some of the others, and yeah, there've been some great guests so far. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that, and you know, I appreciate the listeners who tune in and check this out because without you, I would not be doing this. So thank you very much. And, you know, we are going to keep this train rolling. We're going to keep more episodes coming. So stay tuned for the next one, and we'll see you next time. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, creatures of all ages, what an amazing show. Thank you for lending an ear and joining us. I'm the host, Ray Rumsey, and if you want to hear more interviews, simply head to anywhere podcasts are heard, Facebook or Twitter, and search the leo effects with an a not an e if you'd like to hear me doing silly voices and making a general fool of myself head over to shattered dungeons on youtube facebook and twitter we live stream every tuesday night more projects are in the works for now stay tuned for more interviews to book yourself as a guest you can head to the leoeffects.wixsite.com podcast or send me an email at theleoeffects at gmail.com remember this has been the leo effects and great shows require great listeners just like you Thank you, and we'll see you next time.